Yeah. Are you good? Okay. So uh, welcome back again. We will segue into the sugya. We began right before Yantiv, the last part of what ended up being about an 18-part sub-series, but this is the most difficult part of the sugya. People had issues with the Avarzar and the drawings, the Malachim and the people and the, and the crystals and the like, which crystals people ask me on again over Yantiv. We were more Mekel than Machmer. The Shaila actually bought one of a some sort of animal that wasn't on the list anyway, not to take any chance, but I have one sitting on my desk, and you know, I'll bring it in. We had some good samples from you. I, I think it's more night, uh, as we mentioned before, Pesach, that you can't get that thing out, and nobody ever put it in. It's not a separate entity, and it's not 3D, even though it's 3D. That was the Maskana. Did Were you able to see it on the screen when we were discussing it? You saw it, okay. So it seems to be more wildly popular than I thought because people have been asking me ever since they got it as a gift, should get rid of it. You don't, you still don't have to get rid of it. It's the Amir Lakam Lachatchila. It's not. Uh, I haven't seen it outside. Oh, uh, yeah, no. You'll, um, you might be getting one for your birthday. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it seems to be very popular. So, the very last thing we brought up, which we're going to take a look at the Pesukim again, either tonight or on Monday, is the general kasha, it's a, a kasha, I'll call it a question, it's a, hopefully a question because a kasha is going to be hard to answer. Where did Chazal get this idea that at least by part of the simon, we saw it by the replicas of the Menorah and the Kli Mikdash, that Liz Lamed was mutter, and we saw it by the stars and the moon, the original example of the Gamliel, Liz Lamed was mutter, and all of Tayag Mitzvahs, 365 Lavim, specifically, we have Lachar, very few examples that his Lamed is Mutter. And it would be a stronger Kasha if I could think of other examples where you'd have a Havmin of having a Heter that you'd have to do the Avera to learn it really well. And I put out to the Elam over here to give me more examples. I haven't gotten one yet. So, you're, Aaron, now you remind yourself, you have to think of some. So, I. There probably are, and the reason I'm pushing for that, so you have another week or two as we develop the terrorists to think of it, because the answer would be, if I can't find any other examples, that there's no special het of Islamit. It's poshut, wherever you have to really learn the sugya and do the avera to be a dayan, to pass a din on somebody, it's not just limited to that, that's the problem. Or to do it for something else, then it's mutter. And the reason we don't have more examples is because there aren't any. I don't prefer that terrorist. I think the terrorist is wrong, as a matter of fact. I think if we look into it, we might find some other examples, and they're not going to fit the bill, and they're not going to be a mutter, and the list is very finite to the things we were discussing, the picture of the moon, and the replicas of the base of Mitish, and a few others which I will collect, and we're going to have to find the Tzad Sheva between all of them, because... I believe it's very posh that you cannot do an Avera, even if you get a greater understanding of what the Avera is, because it's an Isidara, it's a Chiyah Malka, sometimes a Chiyah Misa. And you can't say, I'm doing it, Liz Lame, it's like a Paschal Nadin better. You're going to have to figure out how to Paschal Nadin by learning about it. And you can't do it to get yourself out of a tight squeeze when it's for to Ellis, which is the examples we're going to bring by Kishof and some very serious categories. So, 
I don't think the answer is it's always mutter, we just don't have any other examples. I think there's a much deeper answer, which when we go back to the Pesukim, we will develop. Before we do that, uh, I'd like to cover two things that came up since part of the answer, as I was maramist to right before Pesach, is going to be a chukasayim sugya. So not surprisingly, two things that came in. I am not sure. The first one I'm not surprised we missed because I don't think anybody knows this. The second uh, example, I'm surprised. I actually looked back at the Safer information to see if we spoke about it. It was quicker than looking through the titles, and it's not in there. So I'm kind of glad it wasn't put out yet because it's an obvious one. So I'm going to get to that in a moment. Let's take care of the shorter one. This was sent in by Rav Avram Daba. It's a regular listener, and he said he thinks that we might uh, appreciate this and find this useful. Uh, he saw it in a from children's magazine, which is not a criticism because they're actually pointing out that it's a problem to say, but the expression butter him up, or politically correct, butter him up, butter her up, butter it up, I don't know how you'd say it today, but let's go with the, uh, uh, you never know, oh, you get in trouble for, uh, so butter him up, so that uh, means, everybody knows what that means, it means you want to get him with the boss or whatever, you want to compliment him and can't think of a more benign expression than that, could you? Unless you know where it comes from. So this uh, magazine brings down this phrase, which means to flatter somebody in order to get them to do something for you or forgive you or give you something, is a line you don't want to use. So I was very impressed. We have something in a magazine that's pointing out uh, Shailov, uh, an expression that's straight from of Avarazar, which would make it a chukaseim issue. Uh, like the expression knocking on wood and cross your fingers and all the other ones, even if you don't actually cross your fingers and knock on wood. You shouldn't be saying the expression either. Consternation Indians who would throw balls of butter at their idols when seeking forgiveness. It always boggles the mind. It's kind of counterintuitive to throw things at your God in any circumstance, but go figure. Ah, uh, they got butter them up. Yeah, well, that's what. That's just the whole thing is what? Soften him up is fine, right. just as long as you're not referring to that and the guy doesn't say, you mean butter him up. Just don't. <laughs> so, I, so where in the world is this? Who in the world? This is wild. Until this was brought to my attention, I always thought... Did you know this? Is no. butter him up? Okay. Yeah, I would. I thought it was... Uh, this was a surprise to me. That's why he thinks surprise to anybody. So the... Butter is uh, the breakstone butter I have in my fridge is actually not soft enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a fair gullus. But uh, Lamaisa, the um, the short version of this in ancient India, Indians as in Indians as in India, not our Indians who are also of Devarazar. Uh, ancient India was kind of practiced to spread or throw, according to some accounts, small bowls of ghee butter. G-H-E-E. I don't know what ghee butter is, but it's a type. You have it at home? It's kosher. Just don't throw it. Okay. Of ghee butter onto sculptures representing various deities at the time of worship. Like Marcellus. Why are you throwing stones? At, uh, this has been done before, but Marcellus, Abchayim and Sikhs Musa has a whole vert there that you're trying to show that you don't have a god and you're a master and you're god, so you could throw a rock at it to show no one's going to boss you around. He says the same thing about Baal Bar. Sada had a shot. That doesn't fit that well with butter. You can't say the same Musa vert over there. So why are they throwing this? So, well, one second, we'll explain. We don't have to give a, we don't have to give a shot on the shot. It's bad enough the first one. Okay, so uh, 
This offering, it was a carbon. This is pretty, uh, if this is true and then nobody else offers, sometimes in Chukasayim you have different theories and how machmer you have to be for everybody's theory. This, uh, everybody seems to agree. This offering was intended to secure favors from them, such as good fortune, abundant crops, peace, and health. This practice may have originated as far back as 1600 BCE. Uh, we won't say over what people think that means now. Uh, something to do with Corona. Uh, more recently in Tibet, sometime between 600 and 900 AD, sculptures are made out of colored butter. They actually started making the geshka out of butter. That's a hop. I guess that's l'chumra, those who wanted to do a better, yeah, really uh, do it. More recently in Tibet, and this is, Tibet is the... Uh, and again, 600, 900 sculptures are made out of colored butter and put on display for all benevolent beings of heaven to see. So they made a geshka out of the colored butter so the other deities in the sky should be able to see this one and have kindness and shower their blessings. This practice, if it couldn't get worse, it's about to get worse. This practice was common at the time of the New Year celebrations. So I think that would get that side of the room very... What shaifas did they have to the New Year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is always somehow tied in with the Vodazara. So, um, it happens to be that we should have realized, and this will get to the next one, uh, perfect connection, should have realized butter, butter them up as an expression and as a modus operandi of Malach is decidedly un-Jewish because it's full of sheker, v'chazov, chanifa, v'oz. We should have understood that and not used it just for the Musr, Shabai or lack of Musa Shabai, you can butter somebody up. If you want something, you deserve it. You can be nice to me, you should be nice to everybody. And if you want to smile and that encourages you to smile because he's your boss, but buttering somebody up, is using Shekin or Hanifa. So it's not a Jewish meat in the first place, but this makes it very bad. So um, one should not use the expression unless you go with the heter, which I thought was flimsy then and I still think is that once it becomes so common and nobody knows the source, not chukasayim, but that svara is very not compelling in the chukasayim so good because everything that's also chukasayim is only <laughs> when we have a chashash that it might be rooted. The culture came when we know it's rooted. So I don't hold to the svara and I think we have millions of expressions to use and it's just not a nice expression anyway because be genuine, be honest, and if you are nice to people, you're nice to all people, and uh, if you're not, then you shouldn't be uh, fooling him. It's interesting. I mean, you've I'm in business, so yeah. I'm, I'm can't believe that that we you used it and we didn't. Uh, that all my life I've never heard this before, and so so what it, what it really, means, but but I think what you're, the rub is saying is that before we say anything. Right? Whatever it is, we should really know what it is. That uh, I can't answer every silly expression. Most some of them are pretty silly, but what I'm saying is we should have. I'm a little bit annoyed at myself and everybody else that that should antenna should have been up. Buttering somebody up means you're doing a shtickle kaneva's das and you're trying to pull the wool over his eyes and you're trying to be extra sweet and nice because you want something from him. That's not a very nice way to operate. I, Again, I'm not suggesting you should be mean and we, we give out promotional items and we take customers out to eat and we're, we're buttering them up. But that's already an accepted norm. And if you turn on the butter, so to speak, and you really think in your mind, I can't stand this guy, and, and you turn around and stab him in the back, that's 
not very good for anybody's meters. You've had people, but you've had customers yet to do this too. Because from a morality standpoint, I remember very clearly I worked for a Fortune 100 company for many years. Right. And they used to say all the time, because it was a pharma company, they used to say, never bribe anyone, right? <laughs> How do they expect to do business? No. So I'm I don't want to be facetious, but yeah. They used to say all the time that if you want to thank someone right. for giving you business, that's acceptable. Right. You never butter them up. So, you know, there are okay. Some, right. Did anybody practice that? Yes. Besides you? No, it was there a was common. A, yeah. I think that's a true. lot of companies. I'm very impressed. Yeah, there are right, there are companies that are whatever solicitous and whatever. Right. But I think. I, okay, I, I, you I, think they hold to the media in theory? I think what the rub is saying. Yeah. People. Yeah, there people are. People should think about such a media. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so that's the Mr. Shmuz at the beginning of this man. Now we get back to the more serious one. So last week, this is pretty current. Uh, what's today's date in the secular calendar? April something. So, 7th. Okay. So, last week I get a business shayla from somebody in Yisrael, Hashva Ben Teir, who's going to be listening to this year soon. I'm just, I'm not mentioning his name, normally I like to give credit. He's a longtime listener. I just don't want to get him in trouble with the other business associates. You'll see why in a moment. So, uh, he wanted to know, he's under some pressure from either clients or associates who are trying to urge the, uh, the staff, and he's the boss, to use the following idea. I didn't realize it was this bad, and truth is, I, I never thought about it too long because I know it's just completely ridiculous, and I didn't realize it's so culturally accepted that now businesses feel a need to participate in the form of their promotional opportunities to further their business. And that is April 1st. There's no one here in America. You guys wouldn't have any shaykhs to this. It might be maybe the first time you're hearing such a thing. But April 1st is known as April Fool's Day. You never heard of such a thing. You're all giving me blank stares. So, um, so April Fool's Day already, if you know nothing about it, to participate in such a thing, it's certainly a gayushazach. It's not our thing. And your antenna should be up. This is mamish ahan haga. This is a custom they have that makes no sense. It's a shtus vehevel or worse. And therefore, we should have no part in it. And anybody listening now who didn't join us three years ago, I don't have a year to explain to you why that is. Just take my word for it for now. And the two points I will say over, because it's always not gay, as my is about mom, the guy the guy in would hold this, and it's a Darius already. You're picking up any Irish kite that you wouldn't have thought of yourself. We would never think of this ourselves, and I'll explain why in a moment. Also, a heavy piece of musr. And even according to our ma, that has to be rooted in preachers or Avodazara, it didn't take long, it didn't surprise me that there are a number of theories where this strange, bizarre custom came from. And one of the primary theories that came from pagans in Rome, which didn't surprise me. So even according to our mother, this could be a huge problem. I didn't have time to do this awesome research. I never thought about it because it's so ridiculous. When you start April Fools and you just start the discussion, you know it's a day designated for tricking people. Talk about decidedly Goyish and not Jewish. It's a day where you do Geneva's Das. People say, that's not Geneva's Das. That's just a practical joke. It only lasts like 20 minutes. That's not Geneva's Das. I don't know where in the world that had such a hetter comes from. Geneva's Das is 20 minutes, Geneva's Das. The fact that you tell him afterwards you fooled him, and now he feels like an idiot, just gets into the secondness of the rights of Lasan Isha Samisai and embarrassing people, Barabim, Babi and a host of many lavin. 
So it's very not Jewish, very against our basic principles and morals, the whole setup that there exists such a thing to humiliate people, trick people, scare them out of their wits sometimes. And there's a day devoted to this all over the world. And the Chiddush, to me, he was calling the business Shaila. He said the staff felt it was very important the clients should see the businesses up to date and with it so they should send out something in line with the times. That, that, can you imagine how, how embedded this has to be in society? So I was nishtaymeim. So he said, is this an isadarais of chukasayim? That was his lashem. Is he cyril ashurim? So I said, it's certainly not Jewish. It's terrible for your midas. And you're embarrassing people, making them feel uncomfortable, scaring them, tricking them. And there's a whole list of isurim. And when people hear this, the Americans here are all shocked. What do you mean? You can't... Uh, shock somebody and surprise somebody and wish them a happy birthday, I usually tell them, put it this way, don't do that for the 98th birthday. It could be dangerous. <laughs> That's the first thing. There is no Indian to scale. I'll get to the question in a minute. It, it, the fact that people have pach and then they have to laugh along because they're nerdy if you don't is not a raya that he's having a good time. A surprise party, okay, if you didn't scare him and you didn't trick him. I've heard some very ridiculous, elaborate surprise parties where they had to do Geneva's das like for days to set the whole thing up. And then when they walked in and they, they scared them, they scared the living daylights out of them. And afterwards, the Nechamoaz, they had a piece of cake. And they said nice things about them. I, I don't find any justification for any of that. I think the, the risk-reward is very lopsided. But it gets worse than that. One second. One second, one second. So... The, the day, it's not a surprise, but the day is miyuchud for tricking people and playing all sorts of ridiculous things. And now businesses feel compelled to participate. So I told him he should not, and Hashem's going to send him panasa, and it's not going to make a difference. I happened to, later on that day, it's a week, a week and a half ago, later on the day, I happened to be on the phone with an executive of a very large software company. You'll tell me your things. They, and I, what? Uh, somebody just below. Uh, a Jew, a Jew. He's not Jewish yet. So, so <laughs> I'm not going to give you the name. So you guys, I'm going to hurt his business either. So I say, I'm glad you called. Can I see a shot? Do, do you and your company do anything for April Fool's Day? So, Baruch Hashem, he's such a tummy. He does a lot in the company. He's like the number two man. He said, probably, but I don't know what it is. Hold on, let me check. Tells me two minutes later, he says, I can't believe it. He says, yeah, in a big way. They sent out a program. They're like, they're rolling out programs for big companies. This is wild. And they sent out a thing, and a whole world out in the middle. It was like a whole spoof. Crazy people. This is what they're doing in the middle of a workday. So I hope I'm not holding stock in that particular company, but they're all doing it. And this is what they're doing in the middle of a workday. Because you have to be, so it's a real business shot. Like, like everybody's doing this. Do we is there a head to do this? I told him, I said, you're not going bankrupt. You don't do this. I said, no, I, I just want to know, is this a problem? I said, it's not Jewish at all. It's Bafiamidus. And now we get to the history, just two of the theories, among many other possibilities. Historians have linked April Fool's Day to festivals such as Hilaria. <laughs> that name already tells you. Hilaria, in case your Latin is not up to date, is Latin for joyful. So joyful means somebody's having a good time at somebody else's expense, basically. That's what's going on over here. Which was celebrated in ancient Rome at the end of March by followers of a cult of, and I won't even tell you which cult it was, so I don't want anybody checking into it, but it's the worst of the worst. Hardcore Vodazara, Giliarias, the worst of the worst of ancient Vodazara. And these are the Chachamim who thought of this wonderful 
celebration. It involved people dressing up in disguises and mocking fellow citizens, always good for your midas, and even magistrates, and was said to be inspired by the Egyptian legend of Isis, Osiris, and Seth. I'm not sure what he did wrong, but <laughs> this is rooted in, so if you see something strange, you know, it doesn't look Jewish, that's why Chukasem is also, because often, and you don't have to trace it, we just, uh, this is just a 10 second look at uh, the Wikipedia or something like that, and, that, and they say, yeah, it's from ancient Avodah in Rome, that's one, what? Uh, yeah, they're all pretty bad, and uh, I don't know how, I, I just, it's always a Muslim schmooze how you look at these people and what they were doing and what they believed in, and it's like the other Sichas Muslim, all this is Tamata Gilearais and other Averis Hamaris, that's it, nobody, nobody really, uh, really felt that there was uh, much value otherwise, well, when I finish it, we're going to get to you. Some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582, now we all know what happened in 1582, Lemus Parm. When France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, as called for by the Council of Trent in 1563. Apparently, it took them from 1563 to 1582 to get it going. It's a long time. In the Julian calendar, as in the Hindu calendar, the new year begins in the spring equinox around April 1st. And of course, without modern communications, people who were slow to get the news, even though they had 20 years, or failed to recognize the start of the new year, had moved to January 1st, which is its own can of worms, if you remember. They moved it for religious Avodazar purposes, for some alleged birth and bris, whatever it was, and continued to celebrate during the last week of March through April 1st, became the butt of jokes and hoaxes, and were called April Fools, because these guys were backwards. What's the matter? You're not a Good Christian, you don't know that we moved it over there for that reason. Also, not very promising that they moved it for the Christian thing, and they, they called them April Fools. Not as direct, but again, they never missed an opportunity to make fun of people. April Fools' Day spread throughout Britain during the 18th century. In Scotland, the tradition became a two-day event. They didn't have enough of one day. The, the people, obviously, the Machmir of Sveika Diem in Scotland, yeah. Apparently, these people didn't have any good day jobs because, uh, yeah, they didn't have any good day jobs. They must be uh, bored. Starting with hunting the gauk. Now, I'm not from Scotland. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But he tells you what it is, in which people were sent on phony errands. That's great. That's a third Israel. When you tell somebody to do things when there's no point, like building peace in a Ramses and things like that. Uh, well, yeah. Well, Gauk is a word for cuckoo bird, a symbol for a fool. They have two days now to humiliate people and waste their time and um, send them on errands that don't exist, which, again, is trying to how many love and behavior over here. And pranks played on people, such as pinning fake tails. We had a long schmooze on that, if you remember. Or kick-me signs on them. Isn't that nice? So this is what they're doing in Scotland for two days, not one day. And that was April Fool's. So if anybody wanted to participate, now you know a little bit about the background of how bad this is. And I am strongly cheshish that this is, besides the six other reserm, you're over as you do this, um, this whole chaga is, is a problem, especially if it's rooted in a bazaar. I heard they actually commemorated this in tells. So this is why I'm telling you. <laughs> tells. No, so you're always bringing up the tells at once. OK, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are they doing tells? I just, I, I'm going to be, yeah, okay. Yeah, what are they doing tells? Yashmi Pondrick, that's when he was, because everyone, because he said, oh, he doesn't really have a father. Oh, good. If you want to make fun of it, that's fine. Right. So oh, great. Gifter, uh, on April Fool's. On yes, April Fool's. Yeah. Good. I like that. 
That's great, and always, uh, somehow it's not the first time we got a Telzer antidote to a Hukosayan problem. Okay, so that's good. So, um, so I'm, I'm more than fine with that, but that means they were Makir ahead of us that this was based on their Mishagasim, and but, that's... But uh, that it was like the supposed uh, day of Jesus. Well, yeah, but that we were in Telzer making fun of it. It doesn't sound like in Scotland they were... Yoshka, uh, pretty much, they were making fun of, of Gifted was making fun of Yoshka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not, okay. Anyway, the point is, the point is that it's a big problem, and that means that out of all the things we covered, nobody asked this. Either we were asleep on April 1st, or it was Pesach, and we came, but uh, this is a business. I want to know, like, can he go along with this? I, I don't think it's a good idea. While I was investigating this and thinking about this, I'm pretty horrified how, how far it's come, how it's, like, it's a mandate now. You've got to think of some better trick, how you can trick people and humiliate people and make or them jokes. feel ridiculous. Sometimes it's just jokes. Jokes can be benign, but it wasn't in Scotland, and you're wasting people's time, and I guess companies of stature are not going to do something and risk a lawsuit, even though after I discussed with the second guy, he later told me that there was a big company who actually has a lawsuit now since last week because they sent out something and a lot of people didn't think it was funny. And people insulted and they were this. I, so it, it's, when you're pulling the wool of people's eyes, that, people not knowing the suki say, well, you can't play a joke on somebody. Is that most of the time, if somebody is a shash, somebody might be embarrassed or hurt or feel dumb. No, you can't play jokes on people. And that's a guy shazak. We don't play. We can, they laugh along with you. It's not a riot. They're having a good time. That's, you remember that when you're kids. That's true by adults also. While we're on the topic, and this I'm going to say a disclaimer, because it's very similar, but I hope there's a issue, and I will just raise the issue. And I, the limited time I had, I tried to look for the history of this, and unfortunately couldn't find anything back to Rome, couldn't find anything back to Scotland, uh, nor to the Julian calendar. Um, there's a dimion that came out, everybody sitting in the room, has lived through or been in charge of that is strikingly similar to April Fool's Day, and it's not in April. What? No, perm shtick is perm shtick. I don't see people pinning tails on people and saying, kick me on perm. I've seen people drunk do that, but that's where they were drunk. No, I, the perm is not... They do think they dress up. No, they're, they're curious for that. You're not, you're not scaring. I mean, you might dress up in a scary suit, but nobody's scared. I have a lot of monsters walk in to see me on perm. I'm not particularly nervous. Uh, so that, that, I don't think that's the issue. It uh, takes place during the summer. And I wondered about it in a fleeting way over the years, but this week I was, it was on my mind a lot. And I don't really have my halach and I'm a bit in a spell what the history is. It sounds like it was cut and paste almost from April Fool's Day. What am I referring to? Color war breakout. So, oh, no, so we're not sure no, we're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not. I'm supposed to ask a question, but it's almost out of time. But this is fascinating because if you think about it, I'm not the first person to think of this. I'm certainly not here to attack the camps, the Heiliger Meisters of camps. Really, a Meister camp is the yeshiva during the summer, and camps from the beginning, the early days of America, Camp Aguda, and all the early camps, they saved countless neshama. I mean, they, to make camp fun and give people a place to go and then send them to yeshiva afterwards. And even today where it's for B'nai Torah already, but you give them, need some fresh air, and camp does a tremendous job in that. And it's filling a void, and it's absolutely necessary. And color war, if you're in a camp that plays ball, so you're playing ball, so now you have a little more competition, as long as it doesn't get heated, and they don't start screaming at each other and getting all hot under the collar about this and about... Sometimes if we've all 
been to camp many, many years, and it sometimes got very heated. And then the council started saying, the rule is you can't bring it to the bunk, and you can't bring it to the bunk. The other guys on the red team, the blue team, you think Democrats or Republicans have a problem. It was like, it was pretty intense uh, over the years. And the problem is not with the sports and the competition. If it's done clean and you make people feel good and give them jobs and they have a, have a good time and don't sleep for three days, uh, that's not the issue. The issue is the breakout. The breakout is, and I've been in camp on the staff side and on the, uh, and on the um, little, little kid side. Uh, I can tell you this, the latter I remember more clearly because I'm a little traumatized still. <laughs> They've had some pretty wild color war breakouts, and they're all based on tricking the entire camp, except for those who know about it, into something. And even though every year they know there's going to be something wild color war, I want to figure out beforehand, but they keep changing the plot and doing things. And the problem is, where did this come from? And how do you get out of Losani, Shazamisa, and downright pachat for kids? I'm not the first to notice this. I'm not tiny in the head council. They're trying their best, and the most are great, and in general, doing a great job. I'm not here to usher it. I'm here to find out. It sounds like April Fool's Day. Basically, what they do is they do the trick, they do the stunt, and then they say April Fool's Day. Instead of saying that, they say color war. It's the same. It sounds like it's cut and paste. So believe it or not, just a limited research. If somebody could uh, help me with this, all the things in the four minutes I spent on it, all the hits were for Jewish camps, dating all the way back to like 1916. That's not ancient Rome. I couldn't understand why this is all Jewish camps. And I asked somebody who knows a lot about history in America, and he said it was discovered in a Jewish, it was started in a Jewish camp in the Adirondacks. <laughs> so that's already strange. That, that, that gives me hope, by the way, because why would they, if it's cut and paste in April Fool's, why did the guy think of this? <laughs> so he told me that's not a kasha. It, could, it sounds like the same thing. The guy didn't really have camp. The camp experience is really a Catskill Adirondack New York thing or Pennsylvania thing. I thought that was a Hiddish. So the, the one thing I have on it over here was, unless uh, somebody from the Color War breakout already stole it because they didn't want me to... Here it is. The earliest reference to Color War dates back... This is a, a Gaish historian. I, I was a spell. The earliest reference to a Color War dates back to 1916 at Shroon Lake Camp, a Jewish boys' camp in the Adirondacks. Noted historian Leslie Paris. I came as a chukosayim. It was created by Jews. I don't think they were from. But Halodavahu, now they're trying not to scare people. I remember as a young child, I, it, it was, they had one, again, it's not coming as a taina, they're great people. But this is going back a few decades. They had one where there was a rumor there was a live shooter on campus and had a lockdown. They would never do that today. Because today, that would, they would never do that today. They wouldn't do that today, five years ago, ten years ago. But it was done. And then they had things where people were supposedly seriously injured, not Tzala came, and then they were carrying them away, and then they jumped off the stretcher. Yeah, maybe you open in camp. You could share, share with me your horror stories afterwards. But, and they were very exciting. But Shailiz, why is that matter? Even for a few minutes, you're saying the net gain is that such a good time doing it, it balances out the terror that they had for 20 minutes. I hope so, but I don't know. That's, where, where does it come from? It's a very exciting. Camp is very exciting. People look forward to color war. I'm not asking color war. I'm not trying to ask this either. And the only McCarr we have historically is a Jewish boys camp in 1916, which Haladavu, 
but why does it, where does it come from based on the Geneva Zaz to make it exciting? The answer is it makes it fun for most of them, except for the younger bunks who are pretty terrorized. And, um, and then afterwards, they're hopefully laughing and enjoying it, which is fine. I'm just, you have to think, ahead counselors have to think about, like, I'm sure this has been brought up. I, I, I haven't been, uh, haven't been involved in a long, long time, but it, it sounds like it's cut and paste from there, and I couldn't figure out what the, what the Tzadashov is. And um, they had one time where they claimed the, the Mashiach came. That would be nice, but then there were a lot more people than just Bank Aleph very disappointed when it was just color war, not the Mashiach. It's almost like, what's the Shaykhus? So there were, you know, there were different hot hoggers and ways to do it. If anybody could shed light on it, I'd like to know. Tomorrow we'll get back to the Sukkim and go back to the Sukkim. Rabbi, yeah. is, is it Bittel Torah? Yeah, but I just 